before we begin this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on the stolen and unceded Gadigal lands here in Sydney. Welcome back to That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all of the information that you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Tegan. And I'm Lizzie. Oh, it is good to be back before we get into today's episode. How are you today, Lizzie? What's what's new? I'm pretty good. I've been mm-hmm. having a very adult week, making to-do lists. Today I got my car serviced, got the old pink slip, New South Wales Retro Life. Oh, it's that really, is so annoying. I know. It's like, although it's one of those things, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I had to do it. I worked in a library during the day. It was yeah. very productive. It's great mm-hmm. not having a fridge nearby. That was my main takeaway um, <laughs> from the day. So as you can tell, my life is super, super exciting right now. Oh, it sounds great. Um, I'm how so are happy you? For you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am I'm good. Like I just got back from WA. I was there for around 10 Which days. Which looked incredible oh. everyone go on <laughs> instagram i'm obsessed with your life i seriously went crazy on my instagram stories while i was away so whoever was <laughs> following me then like had a real treat there but it was just so beautiful it's my have you been to wa before i have but i haven't done a lot of traveling around it like i've just been sort of close to perth so yeah it's on the bucket list Oh my God. I just, I I knew it would be beautiful, but it was just actually out of this world. I can't believe it. I did a lot of driving, which like, look, it's, it's not great for the emissions, is it? But it was just like so beautiful. And I just got time to like detach from social media and like screens. And like, I read a book, which is probably like the first book I've read this year because I'm so bad at getting off my phone. (laughs) So I just like, feel detoxed I do that every week I look at the screen time and I'm like how many books could I have read if I didn't spend an hour and a half on Instagram every day I know and the answer is a lot and it's quite depressing but we're working on that we are working on that yeah we'll get there we'll get there my question for you is do you think individual actions make a difference answer (laughs) what do you think (sighs) okay I'm going to sort of find a way to not answer this because this is so tricky and I feel Mm -hmm. like kind of the most debated question in a way in Mm -hmm. climate life. Like I know when I started, so I got really sort of like a lot of people really interested in climate after the summer with all the bushfires. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the first thing that I wanted to know, like, can I do anything? And on the one hand, like I'm just one person Mm -hmm. out of what are we now? Eight billion or something in the world. Like Mm -hmm. probably individually it's not that much I can do, but equally, all we have is lots of people. And so it's sort of mm. like, I don't know, individual action that like ladders up to bigger things kind yeah. of is our only, I guess our only hope. So I think both yes and no, like no in as much as like screw the whole, like you're just responsible for your carbon footprint, which is a whole thing kind of constructed by fossil fuel mm-hmm. companies, I think. But I guess mm-hmm. I believe in doing things. So okay. yes in that regard. Cool. Was that I like your answer. Actually? Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> podcast episode, it's over. <laughs> it's done. Okay, guys, we are logging off. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think that's a really great way to start the episode. So let's get into it. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. I have another question for you. Do you know what the or who the IPCC is? 
I believe it's the international maybe panel something climate uh-huh. oh panel on climate change yeah, you are so close oh what is it it's the intergovernmental panel panel uh, on climate change not international same thing really but yes pretty close intergovernmental so basically they are as as the name would suggest an intergovernmental body of the united nations and they're responsible for advancing knowledge on climate change so I think that you would have heard IPCC referred to more in terms of the IPCC report. Would I be right in saying that? You are right. I would say if you track my like <laughs> feelings about how good my life is and how great the world is and mm-hmm. you track when the IPCC reports are released, <laughs> you find a strong correlation between those two things because those things are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it can be pretty stressful. So yes, the IPCC report, they released every six to seven years and they're actually designed specifically for policymakers, which I feel like... What do you mean they're not designed just for your <laughs> average gal just feeling sad and stressed about the world? Crazy. Well, I mean, like... There's so much discourse about them when they come out. So you wouldn't necessarily think straight away that they're just designed for policymakers. I feel like they're just, I don't know. I always, when I first heard about them, I was like, oh, cool. Like I'll have a go at reading this. And like, I opened like a PDF and it was like hundreds of pages. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this for the policymakers. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, basically every six or seven years, they provide these scientific assessments on climate change. They're looking at the implications of climate change, the future risks that climate change is posing, and most importantly, I think, are recommendations for adaptation and mitigation of climate change. And these reports are like a huge deal. The fifth report, so that's the one before our most recent, was completed in 2014 and was the main scientific input into the Paris Agreement. So it's like they're, they're pretty- A big deal. Yeah, they're very, yeah. very big deal. So yeah, the latest report was released around over the past year. Um, And this last report had some really big headlines. Do you remember anything that came out of that last report? I mean, I think in my head, everything to do with this just bled into shit's fucked. Um, I'm not sure what the language rating on this podcast is, but that's That's kind of... I'll be selecting the, like, we are swearing in this podcast. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. So the la- the latest report, I guess the biggest headline that came out of it was that it's almost inevitable that temperatures will rise above 1.5 degrees, which cool, cool, cool. is bad, I believe. It's not good. It's not looking good. <laughs> and there's also like there was a lot of discourse about it being like now or never like this is the time that we need to take action which I guess they've been saying now or never since they knew they I guess climate change became like a very common topic of conversation but yeah it's it it does feel though like like I think we've always talked about 2030 and 2050 targets like Mm. even if you go back 20 years they were talking about 2030 whereas now we're still talking about 2030 but that's only Mm you know, eight years away. So mm. I do feel like maybe it is, I guess it's it's always becoming more now or never. <laughs> it yeah. does feel very urgent. I know. And side note, while we're talking about this, it, it'll be so interesting getting closer to 2030 and like how they address that 
like do we start making them 2040 targets or like because mm. I mean the way things are traveling as much as I hate to say it like these 2030 targets are looking a little bit like are we actually going to meet them and um, I mean the targets aren't even enough as it is right yeah pretty... exactly yeah it's scary something to to keep an eye on as we uh, I think years towards closer. 2030 Lizzie's existential dread you know hopefully <laughs> hopefully something can turn that around surely there's some good news out there but hopefully we'll have looking. enough podcast episodes out by then that like we'll try and help change things <laughs> a little bit we can have existential dread together <laughs> yeah so the reason why I keep bringing up the IPCC, the IPCC report, is that the latest report really had a focus on mitigation and mitigation options for policymakers. So if you're like me and English wasn't always your strong suit in high school, I had to dictionary what mitigation means. <laughs> because it's, We've all been one there. Those, it's one of those words where you're like, I know it, but I just like need to double check. I feel like it's also one of those words that if I say it to myself a few times, it just doesn't sound like a word. Mitigate, <laughs> mitigate. I don't know no. what the hell that is anymore. Like it's, it seems like it, it's too big of a word and I'm like, I, mm. I don't know. Anyways, mitigation is the action of reducing the severity, the seriousness or the painfulness of something. So right. basically this IPCC report is telling us how we can reduce the severity of climate change. So Which, it's kind of going to be like, this is going to hurt a lot. Yes. But here's how you can make it hurt a little bit less. A little bit less. Is that the vibe? We're exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. So a major part of this mitigation was it, they, for the first time ever, included a chapter dedicated to demand side solutions, which looping back is talking about the individual actions that we can take mm. to make a difference. So the IPC report was like, hey, we wrote this for policymakers. They've yes. been pretty average at doing things. Yeah. Back to you guys, the exactly. world. <laughs> Good luck. Exactly. Yeah, Which Good in luck. a way I'm like, cool, like let's get people involved. Like there's so many more people now that are listening to reports like this. They're reading the news and they're like, how can I actually make an impact? So in that way, I do like that they have addressed this through this latest IPCC report. Just like I asked you at the start of this episode, I asked our Instagram followers a few weeks ago, do they think that individual actions make a difference? And I was actually really impressed by the answer that we got. Can you guess what percentage of people thought that individuals can make a difference? Um, everyone. Close. 100%. It 93% of our followers. Oh, okay. That's actually huge. Yeah, nice. I know. I'm sorry. Who are those 7%? It's okay. Like, you, can do, you can do something. I feel like yeah. they're just like so pessimistic about the world. Mm, I mean, mm. there's always those people, but it's fine. Yeah. We can we can help make this whole experience a bit funner for people. A bit hotter, if, if someone might say. Anyways, we also got this really, really interesting DM, which I wanted to share with you because like, I just love when people in our community like engages with us like this. So (laughs) people like us, people are interested. This is crazy. I know. And it's like, it's not just a friend of mine or like someone that I'm (laughs) like, please reply to me. Okay. So they said, yes, individuals can make a difference, but it's, this is what they said. It's more 
changing the expectations and the environment we live in. If most of us use keep cups, we think of other packaging that we can that we use and we do something about it. If most of us move our money away from banks that support fossil fuels and then those banks will will eventually stop funding the industry. If most of us reduce our meat intake, they, then farms will stop rearing the same number of cattle and use the land more productively. So yes, I do think that individuals can make a difference, but I think it's by influencing others. And I just I like, love that. Loved that answer. I loved it so much. It was so cute. And I guess, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have that sort of idea. It's like you were saying before, individual actions, when you're thinking about it in tunnel vision, it's just what you're doing. It doesn't seem like it has an impact. But when you're telling your community of people around you what you're doing, it is potentially encouraging them to do the same or at least yeah. think about changing their actions. So it has that sort of like butterfly flow on effect. This really serves, oh my gosh, I kind of, you know, those emails that used to be a thing back in like the MSN days and it was like you had to send it on to people because then you would get... <laughs> I can't even remember what I'm talking no, about. I just had I know this like, exactly thing come back to me. About. It was like, they were like scary stories. Yeah, and it was like, you had to like, send it on to 10 people or you're going to die or something. And everyone would just send it to everyone being like, I have to send on this thing. So basically exactly. do that, but for climate action. Exactly. We're basically sharing those MSN scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So again, looping back to the IPCC. So they had this focus on demand-side solutions, which are the behaviours and the socio-cultural changes that we can all make to help decarbonise our economy. And they actually found through being cool scientists that they are, that we can rapidly save 5% of all demand-side carbon emissions by changing what we do individually. Because as individuals together, we all have that much of an impact, which is really cool. So in terms of the things that we can do to have an impact, I want to know from you what you think has the most impact in decarbonizing our economy. What's something that you could do tomorrow that will have the most impact? Well, I was going to say the thing that I think would have the most impact is like not getting on a long haul flight or something like that. Because I feel like airplanes seem really bad Mm -hmm. relative to everything I could do in my day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Maybe in my day-to-day life, I don't know, maybe is it still transport related? Like I'm sure me driving my car around everywhere is not so mm-hmm. great. I'm going to go with transport in general. I yeah. reckon it's not a good one. Yeah, 100%. So travel is, the, changing the way that we travel has the most impact that you can have individually. So it actually saves 15% of all transport carbon by changing our huge. travel choices. Yeah, it is super huge. So like you said, fewer flights, there does come a time, especially living in a country as big as Australia, where flights are necessary. What do you mean you didn't just like track <laughs> over to Perth last week? Oh my God. That's, it literally would have taken Ride ten, your bike. 10 days to get there. A real Ned Brockman vibe. That's the commitment <laughs> I want to see. Oh my God. Let's go. But yeah, it's just, yeah, taking fewer flights where you can, using public transport more often opting for a bike if you can I know there are cities out there that aren't like Sydney and are less hilly and are easier to get around on a bike (laughs) what do you mean I love just roads in the city in general oh scary scary stuff I mean I think every other day I'm like I would love to ride a bike to work and then I think like the hill to get out of Coogee is so Mm. steep (laughs) like I'm never making it up there (laughs) I can't even I also just 
look at the roads and I'm like, I would like to ride. I mean, I work from home, but I'd like to ride a bike somewhere. And then I'm like, I would like to not die. So whether it's hills or just like chaotic traffic. Mm, uh, I know. Tough, 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 tough. Bike lanes, please. And thank you more of them. Yeah. And I guess and maybe like... little elevators for the hills. I haven't quite got that one worked out yet, but um, like at the you said an electric bike. Like at the ski so fields. Good. Imagine yeah. that. Oh, okay. We're onto something. Wait, mm. well, I need to email the city of Sydney like right yeah. now. <laughs> we have launched a new petition. Uh, no, but it's great to see like, I mean, there's always road work around Sydney, but a lot of that is them putting bike lanes in to make it easier for people to commute via their little bikes, Shout which is out. amazing. The other thing that uh, we can do to have the most impact is changing our food, what we eat, how we consume food. So this basically means eating more plants and wasting less food. So the IPCC report actually called it having a sustainable, healthy diet, (laughs) which again, it means eating foods that have low environmental pressure. So that's eating your vegetables, eating foods that are locally grown, to reduce the travel emissions of your foods, eating foods that are culturally acceptable or like that fit within the culture as well. So that would means eating more native foods to Australia, uh, which is which is really cool. I love that. Yeah. I think it's like, a really, I really like the way you talk about it in terms of like eating more plants. Like that's mm. something I really try to do. I'm an athlete. I eat still some meat because mm. I find I just can't, I don't feel as good if I have no meat, mm. but I really think about, you know, when I'm eating across the day, like plants are really the core of it. And then if you mm. add in some additional, you know, if you need to have some meat or some like yeah. dairy or whatever it is, that's kind of like on top of a big base of plants, which yeah. I love. We exactly. talked about this last week also, tofu, so cheap oh. per serving of like good serving of protein (laughs) incredible best you'll get and I think it's important as well to talk about like I don't want to like villainize eating meat in the slightest I think it it is from a position of I guess privilege to say this but where you can being able to source your meat locally as well or sort like buying direct from farmer going to farmer's markets on the weekends and actually talking to the person who is the farmer. Like it's such mm. a, it makes the experience of buying and consuming the foods that you're eating so, like so much more rich. And I yeah. think that's, that's the thing that we need to think about, like just changing the way that we buy and consume foods in general. Yeah. I love yeah. That. Yeah. So I think as we wrap up the episode, it's really important to acknowledge that behavior change isn't going to be the answer to all of our problems. I mean, the IPCC report said that these behavioral and sociocultural changes, they can rapidly save 5% of demand-side carbon emissions, but there's still 95%. And the significant emissions reductions that we will see need to come from changes in our energy systems, our agricultural system, in travel and industry. And it's important that we continue putting pressure on those industries in order to encourage them to to create the changes that, that we need to see to in order to decarbonize our economy. How do we put those pressures on those things, Tegan, as Good individuals? Question. I guess it's getting involved with community projects that are doing that. It's, it's It could be as easy as signing a petition. It's going along to a local protest. It's reading your local news to find out which companies are actually committing to reducing their emissions or swapping to renewable energy. Like it's 
it can seem kind of overwhelming, but there's there's little bits and pieces of information everywhere. And I mean, we do our best to try and share stuff on our stories on Instagram as well. So the information's around. It, I, like I mean, that. yeah. Do you have anything that you would suggest? Voting. Voting. Yes. The big Good one luck. for government. The ultimate system that we all yes. contribute to as individuals. Shout out. Exactly. Democracy. Um, <laughs> here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. So wrapping it up kind of do what are your thoughts now on individual actions and their ability to make a difference I think I really liked what we talked about at the start Mm. that like it's individual actions making a difference because they influence other people and they start conversations and it's got this like butterfly effect so Mm. you know I guess it kind of I mean I guess when you bring it back to it like everything we do starts from individuals and you know whether that's making a decision to Mm. eat more plants and that being something that you talk about with your friends or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is like a really important thing in the context of pushing also for these broader systemic change. It's kind of like, it's not about one or the other. It's like very much both together. Yeah, exactly. Working in harmony. And it's just yeah. a lot of these things, they encourage conversation, which I think is so important. Like if you're having, if you're you've made a little change in your life and you're telling someone about this, then you're starting a really cool conversation about sustainability mm-hmm. that you may, you may never have had. Those convos. So important. Like talking to other people. I think. Yeah, you the exactly. There. So I think in general, individual actions are hot. Yes. Definitely. Definitely hot. <laughs> and they make you as an individual hotter. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. Okay, cool. So in all of our episodes, we leave you all with an action item. So something hot that you can do or implement in your lives to have an impact. And that's exactly what this whole episode is about, which I love. So the action item for this week, Lizzie, I want you to do this as well. So it means stop driving your car everywhere. It is think about your travel choices. So I'm challenging everyone to switch the way that they travel to work or wherever they go during the day for the entire week. So that can be walking, that can be riding a bike, catching the bus, catching the train. And if you have to drive to work, try and carpool with someone. Just to reduce the cost. You've really just sentenced me to like an obscene number of hours on public transport out to Sydney Olympic Park. But for you, I I may or may not do it. it. And you know how irregular those trains come? It's fine. I'll do it. I just live to serve the podcast. But um, thank you. And I want everyone who does it to post to their stories, tag me, or if you don't want to post it on your story, just send it directly into the Project Planet Oz DMs. I want to share them all on our Instagram and give you all a shout out for doing something really awesome for the environment. And while you're there, like share this podcast, yes. your support is kind of the way that it reaches new earballs. Exactly. I don't made that up. I like um, that. <laughs> yeah. So share it on your story, share it in your group chats. Mm-hmm. It means the world to us. If you enjoy it, share it with someone else that will too. Yay. And that's us for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I don't know what our next episode will be, but I'm sure it'll be very exciting. <laughs> we are super <laughs> organized. <laughs> Chat to you guys next week. Bye.